Hey there, Richmond. 2021 is here and we've got a lot to do, so it's time to find the right coffee for you. Let's get it done with new coffee choices at Dunkin'. Try the new Explorer Batch, a globally sourced blend with smoky, dark berry notes that's an adventure in every sip. Or grab a cup of Dunkin' Midnight, a richer, intensely dark roast with hints of chocolate, because bold days start with midnight. And sip into action with new extra-charged coffee that's 20% extra caffeine from green coffee extract. So head to Dunkin' or order ahead on the app for the brew that's right for you, and let's get it done. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary limited time. I'm offer. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl and afoul of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello, friends and neighbors, and welcome to the Gifts of Glory podcast, where we celebrate and promote men and women of God that are using their gifts, talents, and passions to honor and glorify God. Now, this is part one of a two-part interview with my friend Mark King. Don't want to do a lot of introduction because these two segments are really very in-depth, a lot of great stories, a lot of great information, uh, and this testimony is well worth listening to. And it's broken up in two parts, so I hope you listen to both of them. Uh, Mark is an incredible guy. He's got an incredible story. And uh, enough of me rambling. Let's get to the interview. Here is Mark King, owner of the Florida Flight. Uh, semi-pro basketball team down in the Orlando area. Here's our interview. Here's his story on the Gifts of Glory podcast, where we celebrate and promote men and women of God using their gifts, talents, and passions to honor and glorify God. We are now joined by Mark King, Christian husband, father, business owner, CEO, pro basketball coach, leader, and motivational speaker, and that's just part of his profile on his Facebook. Uh, Mark, it's uh, good to have you on the Gifts of Glory podcast. Dave, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, our story, uh, we met each other, not to make you feel bad, not to age <laughs> us, but we met 20 years ago at wow. Alice Lloyd College, um, wow. and uh, that was back when I was a Chino, Christian in name only. Uh, uh, I wasn't practicing the faith, but you came Bible in hand, and uh, we're ready to fight and contend for the faith. <laughs> you had Bible studies at, at the college in in uh, the library, and me, in my Christian and name-only status, attended at least one of those. And at one of those, I don't know if you remember this or not, but uh, we had a foreign exchange student, Ani. During the Bible study, for some reason, she comes in and sits on my lap during the whole Bible study. And I, I remember that, and I'm like, how disrespectful is that to come to a Bible study with some, you know, lady sitting on your lap that obviously was, I was not married to. So, <laughs> years later, I owe you an apology for disrespecting <laughs> Bible study. I, you know, Dave, I don't even, I, I, I actually hadn't heard that name Ani in a long time. I've forgotten all about her, but um, I, I think, uh, I, and I don't even remember that. And I, I think that's kind of the Christian I like to be. Like, I think we do enough of uh convicting ourselves i think some of that's left for the holy spirit to do but i yeah no problem no apology needed hey you know we're all flawed people we fail and uh as long as every minute we we every second we started to do better that's it but yeah man wow 20 years though Jeez. 
I started at Alice Lloyd the fall of 99, right, at, right after high school. And uh, you came to Alice Lloyd by a little bit different path. Uh, it was actually a couple years after high school, I think, if I'm not mistaken, that you found Pippa Passes. Yeah, actually, and I was originally at Pikeville College, um, now University of Pikeville. Um, and uh, it was um, – yeah, it was actually an interesting ride. It, it, and actually, I didn't even go to college to two years after high school as well. So I, I was probably, I guess I'm a couple of years older than you for sure. But um, it, I ended up coming the spring of 99, which was, uh, yeah, listen, there's a whole lot of stuff that we could unpack <laughs> with all that. But uh, we'll, we'll just be free and, and let it go. But, you know, just trying to come and play basketball at the end of the day was it. And uh, got an invitation from the coaching staff. and was hoping it worked out a little bit differently, but it didn't, but, <laughs> but God is perfect. So, you know, right. So, uh, yeah, well, that's one of the things I wanted to get into is, uh, you found Pikeville and then Alice Lloyd by, you know, coming basically almost driving blind. If I'm not mistaken from your testimony that you just basically headed South from, uh, Michigan and, uh, you found yourself in Kentucky. Yeah, I um, I, and I've I've shortened this a whole lot because I, I speak in a lot of different formats now. Uh, the very short end of the story is, um, I had, I, I was at that point I thought I was in love with a girl. Right, started going to church. We were good friends for a couple of years, friends with no benefits whatsoever, but friends, and you know, not really, you know, and and. In that time, one of the reasons that I started going back to church again was because of her, which was great. Um, and, uh, you know, during that process, started praying more. I, I met another girl, right, uh, who was obviously very interested – well, not obviously – very interested in me. So we, we started quasi-dating. A little bit of jealousy happened, right? And then about, about two months into that, that new girl – uh, while I'm over at house, she is, gets a collect call from Japan. And so she goes and takes the call. Uh, about five to seven minutes later, she comes back into the room, and she's like, hey, Mark, we need to talk. And I'm like, okay. Um, and she then proceeds to inform me that she actually has a boyfriend that's in the Navy that's stationed in Japan that had just informed her via collect call that he's coming home a year earlier than expected. So she had said – you know, we, we got, can we do this incognito for a little while? I, I got to figure this out. I didn't, he didn't leave, you know, when he left, he didn't leave on good terms and I got to figure it out where my heart's at. And I was like, yeah. And I'm like, at that time I'm, I'm like five, eight, you know, maybe 125 pounds if I'm wet in boots, you know, and this guy's in the Navy. Right. So right. anyway, but you know, the interesting, so I, so I was like, yeah, you know, all right. And I left, I went home and I thought, the, the day prior, David, the other girl, Holly, I came home from a date with Angie, the, the, the one that got the collect call, and I came home from the date, and Holly was at my house for about two hours just hanging out with my mom. Uh -oh. And so I was like, wow. So I was like, hey, what are you doing here? She said, oh, I was just in the neighborhood. I was like, you weren't in the neighborhood. You're from Dearborn. Uh, this is Inkster, you know? And anyway, but she kind of had mentioned um, – um, Hey, you know, uh, I just was thinking about us and I don't know. And I was like, you know, so anyway, the long story short is, uh, a couple of days later, uh, or no, the day of the day I actually went home after that, I, I thought, man, maybe this is God's will. I'm going to call Holly. So I call Holly and she goes, 
first thing she says, Mark, you're not going to believe this. I met this guy. Oh. And I was like, oh, wow. So what ended up happening, Dave, is I ended up going for a drive that day. Uh, and I had I had a good car. Now, you know, I'd worked. I was in heating and cooling at the time after high school. I had a brand new car, a 96 Saturn SL2, right? So I decided to go for a drive. I was on US 23 South while I was driving. And, uh, and, and I, I wasn't, I was blind. I, I didn't have intentions initially to go anywhere, but my, my grandfather had, he was from Kentucky, Prestonsburg, Kentucky, and he, he had died when I was 12. And while I was on 23 South, I knew that was the road that my, my dad used to take us to go visit. And so we, I just drove, um, man, sorry about this noise. Uh, we, I just decided, hey, you know, maybe I'll just drive all the way out and go visit his grave. I was really close to him. I missed him. You know, obviously it was like eight years later or something like that. And so I just drove to Prestonsburg. And while I was in Prestonsburg, I got a room at the Super 8. I called my mom. I said, Mom, I'm okay. She said, where are you at? I was like, I'm in Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, well, you know, and I was like, I'm fine. I just needed to get away. And she's like, okay. So the next morning I get up to, uh, to just drive around. I, I went to my grandfather's grave, obviously. And then uh, a few miles down uh, was Allen Middle School, or, and there was a park across the street. So guys were playing basketball. And I thought, you know what? And this is what basketball always has been for me. It's been an escape. So I said, let me just go play basketball. And so I played, and, and these kids, you know, not kids, you know, they're my age, uh, played and really, really performed extremely well, like above more than usual. And, and, and they were like, man, where are you at? Where are you from? And uh, I said, I'm, you know, I'm from Michigan. And they were like, where did you play high school basketball? I was like, I didn't play high school basketball. They were like, what? How is this possible? <laughs> and so that's actually, they were the ones that first told me about Pikeville College. So my goodness, I'm getting blasted with emails here. Uh, so, uh, it, you know, in terms of that, um, I, uh, I, that's what put Pikeville in my ear. And so, but getting to the real core of it. So I drive home after that and it was almost like God was in the passenger seat, right? Um, when I was going back to church, when I was trying to, you know, when Holly and I were again, not really dating, but, um, I started reading the Bible more and praying. And I remember I was, <clears throat> I was in 12th grade, and I remember reading Psalm 37, 4, right? And it says, delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And, and as a stubborn, selfish kid, I said, well, my pastor's always saying this is the promises of God. So, God, this is your promises. I want to play basketball, right? And I remember very clearly, it was almost like, not audibly, I don't want to be all mystical, but in my head, God said, well, what does it say first? This is delight in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and I, I won't go into all the details, but I grew up in the suburb of Detroit. I was one of the only white kids in the neighborhood, really struggled. Like have a, and, and you and I know some of this. It's one of the reasons I'm passionate about civil rights, because as a predominant white male, I feel like I have been blessed, and I do consider it a blessing, to have a, a, a unique perspective on how it feels to be a minority, even though I'm not a minority, because I've lived in a minority situation. But um but I, I went through a lot, and I wasn't a good kid. I, I was very bitter. I was quick to punch people. Uh, I, you know, I'd get 
you know, get into fights. And I just got to a point where I said, well, let me get the first hit in and run my butt off. So I, you know, I mean, just stuff like that. So, but I changed my life around. And upon that transformation, man, I, I was trying to make this short, but God just moved mountains. Like his promises are true and real, but it's not promises that can be, you know, unreciprocated. Hmm. A lot of times people don't understand that God's promises for us do require something of us, you know, and that's not a requirement to go to heaven per se. And that's another debate. We won't go there, but being a Christian is not as free as everybody would like to preach it to be. It's, it is free and easy, but it, it still does require things of you. And if I don't change my life around, none of those mountains move. So the, the very quick story then is this, right? I find out about the school. I try to contact the coaches. I don't hear from them. And I decide in my prayer time that God is leading me to go to Pikeville College. So I get student loans. I go visit. I, I, and I, I, I take a leap of faith. And I say, you know what? I'm just going to do this. I got to get out of here. You know, Detroit is not getting any better. It's not where I'm going to grow. You know, I don't have – I got women problems, right? I need to get away from that. And so I take that leap of faith, Dave, and I want to, I want to be, this is probably, I get shivers every time I tell this. So I get there, right? By random selection, my roommate is a basketball player. Now, you know, as basketball programs, they typically room with each other. There's an odd number. I get to room with Big Mike, Mike Baldridge. Shout out to Mike. I'm sure he'll watch this. Mike is a freshman, six, eight, six, seven, probably 270, huge, right? Country as can be, straight from Wise, Virginia, right? So, but he's my, my roommate by random selection. So as soon as I get there, he tells me when the guys are going to do the little workouts because we can't officially work out, right, in right. front of coaches until later. Um, so I get to do that. I get to kind of go and play around with the team or whatever. I register for classes, Dave, with Miss Lynn Perry Cutright. Right. So I'm registering for classes. She's asking me what brings me from Detroit. Right. And I tell her I'm here to play basketball, blah, blah, blah. She was like, oh, do, do, oh have you been recruited? Does, does the coaching staff know? And I was like, no, they don't know it yet. I'm going to say, OK, well, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll let them know. Uh, Mr. Coach Cutright is my husband. Oh, yeah. Right. So I'm like, OK, odd. But and so, you know, I, I, you know, just movement, right? God orchestrated the ability for me to get myself on that team. I walked on, you know, I registered the first year, but, you know, I come to him. I, I remember one of the workouts, coaches up in the stands, you know, I shouldn't say that, but he's up in the stands, not supposed to be watching, but watching, not really dictating anything. And I, I say, hey, coach, I'm here to try out. And he was like, I remember he goes, he goes, son, we don't have any tryouts. And he was, I was like, what? So I was like, oh my goodness, I've changed my life around. I come here and I can't try out. And it must have seemed like an eternity, right? And he says, no, we usually recruit during the summer. And I, I've got, you know, those guys down there who I'm going to look look at. And I just, I must have looked, I don't know what I look like, right? But after what seemed like five minutes, was probably like 20 seconds, he says, I'll tell you what. We're going to start conditioning next week. It'll be three weeks. Why don't you join us for conditioning? I'll see what you got. So here we go. We're in conditioning. We're running one, two, three miles. You know, I'm throwing up, right? I've never 
been in a program, right? I forgot the most important part. Never played high school basketball. Never played junior high, middle school basketball. Was cut every time. And here I am in my first time with some organized basketball programming, and I've got to figure it out. But I go for it. I run my guts out, and you know, you know, and then I keep saying long story short. It's not really a short story whatsoever, right? But yeah, I, and after it, I, I coach Bill Watson, the JV coach at the time, comes up to me. He's like, hands me a playbook. He's like, here you go, Mark. Uh, welcome to the team. Why don't you come back here? And I'll take you to your locker. And that was it, man. And uh, my, I, Lord have mercy, Dave. Like when you get the movement and the spirit of God orchestrating things. And then you have faith and he delivers, right? Mm-hmm. It's almost like not to equate myself with Michael Jordan, probably the equivalent of Michael Jordan's North Carolina shot. At that point, I felt like God completely annihilated a mountain in front of me and I was ready, man. I went after it. So anyway, <laughs> that's just the Pikeville part. <laughs> well, that's Pikeville part one. Uh, as well, right? It is, yeah. Because um, yeah. uh, uh, after that what uh, first year, you transferred to Alice Lloyd. Yep, yep. So let me – and this is really probably some of the most important parts of the story in the first place. So I redshirt the first year at Pikeville. Nobody's taking me seriously. I want to be clear. I'm pretty sure – well, first of all, I am absolutely sure God moved in Coach Cutright's spirit to keep me. But I'm also quite sure that it was a um, it was a charity gimme, you know. I think he just didn't have the heart. I you know I, I did I was not equipped to compete with those guys initially at all. So he just said, yeah, we'll keep them around, whatever. And then I approached him about red shirt, and I red shirted, and I worked my tail off, Dave. Like I did everything I was supposed to do. Um, and when I came back my freshman year, which was my sophomore year, but my freshman year basketball. Man, I was uh, I was in good shape. I was better, and uh, it didn't take uh, long for I, – I remember this. This is a crazy story, and I, I don't know if Mike Short will watch this. So Mike Short was at Paintsville. Him and uh, – uh, gosh, uh, what is his name from uh, Paintsville? They won the state championship that year, the previous year. Mike Short's the guy, right? He's the point guard. And uh, our first JV game, coincidentally, against Alice Lloyd, Right. My first game ever, Mike Short gets in the foul trouble very quickly. Well, guess what? They've got to play me. So they play me. I played probably 20, 25 minutes. I didn't score 50 points or anything. I don't know. I may have, I don't know if I scored at all, but I was the point guard. I'm not supposed to score, but I played well. We got the win. I got a couple steals, a bunch of assists, played well. The next game against Transylvania, I don't get off the bench. Hmm. It's an away game. And I cry the whole way home. I'm confused, right? And and John Kitchen comes to me. He he was our JV coach that year. And he says, Mark, I gotta explain to you how this works, bud. I need you to come to my uh to my to my dorm room. I, I want to chat with you. So I go down, I talk to him. He was like, he was like, uh, I'm sorry I didn't play you, but I can. And I was like, why? He was like, You don't understand how the politics of all this works. I gotta play Mike. And if you being a non-recruited guy, play in front of the guy that Coach Cutright recruits, well, then he looks bad. And the other thing is Mike's a state champion, and we want to invest in Mike. So, you know, 
with Mike not being in foul trouble against Transylvania, I got to play Mike. And that's just the way it works, bud. You got to understand, I can't play you. So that was really my first raw taste of the politics of basketball, right? Didn't change anything. I still went after it. I still, you know, crushed it. I went, I did what I had to do. So much that at the end of the year, um, I ended up getting moved up to varsity. Oh. At the end of the year, right? So, and, and here's how. There was a stretch in town that we did in conditioning. It was 2.2 miles that I would run two and three times a day. My thing was I'm not an athlete. I don't have the athletic capacity, so i got to teach myself how to be strong and have strong legs and conditioning. So I said, well, let me just run. I was like, almost like Forrest Gump, right? Let me run. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, But the other thing is, and I don't know, you may be familiar with this, Pikeville has these 99 steps in the front of the campus. Oh, yeah. And uh, so, Dave, every after the completion of every 2.2 miles, I sprinted up those 99. And, and I'm not talking – randomly once every couple of months, three times a day, two to three times a day. And so for a while, the whole town thought I was crazy, you know, but then they saw the consistency of it. And it, it really became something of, uh, I don't know what you call it. The whole town just started embracing me, you know, and they were like, wow, this kid is serious. And, and, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, when you when you perform, look, you, you can't deny it. You know, mm -hmm. they saw the increase. They saw me getting better. And at the end of the year, it was senior night. Um, they moved me up to varsity. And uh, and now this is senior night, Dave. And this is another one key thing. I'm, I'm really giving away my books, right? Right. This is good stuff. But this is free. We'll, we'll, I'm sure people will buy it just because of the story. I'm sitting in my locker room, in the locker room. I'm, we have big lockers, so I'm sitting in my locker. And I'm just sitting I, – I, coach randomly gave me the number 14 that day, right? He didn't ask me what number. I just ended up with 14. And uh, I'm crying, right? Like, I mean, I'm, this is like not only did I make the team a couple years ago, right? I'm, I moved up to varsity as a freshman, right? right. And I was just – I remember coach, he came out of his office, and he looked at me. He was like, son, are you okay? I was like, coach, I, I just need a minute. I, I just want to take this in. He was like, you know what? Go ahead. You take all the time. You come out when you're ready. You know, everybody was out, and so I was in the locker room praying, and I was just like, man, God, thank you so much. This is amazing. Uh, and, and in that sweet prayer time, you know, I thought – so I said, you've given me the number 14 – which is uh this is the thing. So I did play church basketball. This is, I, I got to backtrack a little bit. I started wearing the number forty one. I used to wear eleven, and you know why I wear number eleven. I think you, you're from Chicago. You know if you put one and one together, Isaiah. I, Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. So he was the guy I you know I wanted to be right. But during that that transformation, I said, God said, Hey, stop idolizing men. And make a number that idolizes me. I'm your God, right? So I said, okay, well, Psalm 37, 4 changed my life. So 37 plus 4 is 41. So I start wearing 41 uh, in church league, right? Church, whatever that is, right? But uh, so I get to my locker that night, you know, my first varsity game ever, and I get 14. And I'm like, wow, 41 backwards. Mm -hmm. You know, I've done this 180 with my life. God has moved mountains, blah, blah, blah. And I'm praying about that, right? And, and Dave, 
he go, God goes, I know that you think that 41 is 14 backwards, and yes, you've done what you're supposed to do. You've changed your life around, and you, you've earned this, Mark, but I need to show you my perfection. 37 plus 4 is 41. 3 plus, three plus 7 plus 4 is 14. I kid you not, Dave. He says, I know it's senior night, but be prepared to play tonight. And I'm like, Dave, you can't make that stuff up. I'm not right. even good at math. You know that. I don't do math, <laughs> right? That is strictly from the Holy Spirit. I go out. We're getting blasted by Berea by like 30. The crowd is chanting King all night long because they know I'm playing my first varsity game. King and Rudy also getting Rudy chants, right? Because right. it's like a Rudy basketball, right? But, you know, but uh, sure enough, about three minutes, 11 seconds in, Coach goes and gets me off the bench, and I play <laughs> nervous, cross somebody over an air ball, you know, got fouled, missed my, you know, it was a bonus situation, missed my free throw. The last 10 seconds, we're coming down. Mike Short has, I'm playing with Mike, right, Mike mm -hmm. Short. Mike completely looks me off. Last, I think it's the last play of the game. I'm trying to make a, make a basket right and score. He looks me off, shoots a three with two people on it. They get the rebound. They try to throw it long. Uh, Robbie Royalty hits it. Clarence Moore gets the ball, passes it to me. It's me and one other guy, one-on-one, -on -one, and then a guy trailing from Berea. I cross the guy over, get to the basket. The other guy is about 6'7", six, 6'8", six, tries to block it. I throw it off the glass. He misses the block. I score. We lost Dave by like 30-something. Standing ovation, dude. Standing ovation. Crowd is crazy. I'm thinking I got five more minutes left, right? And then the buzzer goes off. I was like, no, I'm just starting. I'm really, I got it. I'm ready. Buzzer sounds, but I, you know, scored my first points. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing, Dave. I, uh, you know, and, and you know, with athletes and sports, you know, you get in the in crowd at that point, right? You start, you know, and, you know, it's, like, it's no different than any school. You got parties after games. You know, after that game, I didn't do anything. You know, a couple weeks later, we're going to parties. You know, we're, um, you know, I, I go from, hey, I wasn't ever going to, hey, I'm going, now I'm the designated driver because everybody knows who I am. Right. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to do that. Uh, then it comes to, hey, we got to celebrate, have a drink with us, Mark, and to do that. And then, you know, the next party, it's, let's have another. Then I go home, right, for the summer, right? I'm 21 now, 22. But I'm, 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 I'm able to go to clubs for, you know, get into clubs and everything. All my friends back home are like, I've got my film, right? I made it. They're like, holy, you right. did it, man. I'm showing that. Man, we got to celebrate. So all summer long, Dave, I'm designated driver initially. Then it's a drink or two. And, 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 and you know, I, I, I still struggle with the shame of it. Uh, a little bit. I, I understand I can't because it ruins me. I understand why it all happened now, but I probably went to church twice, man, over the summer because I'm out Saturday, mm -hmm. right? But I'm still about my business in the best shape of my life. I weigh 160 now. I'm bench pressing 175. I'm in the best shape of my life, brother. I go back thinking, and the town is on fire. We were 5-28 and 28 that year. I'm thinking, I'm going to be the salvation, right? I'm going to be the <laughs> take. You know, I'm, the, I'm the sophomore guy. Nobody knew that jumped on the scene and blah, blah, blah. 
I go in. We have another big-time recruit, one of the top 50 basketball players in the state, B.J. Ratliff. Mike Short kind of fizzles out. He doesn't want to play basketball anymore, whatever. I don't know. Um, I don't get to play. We get training camp. Coach says this. We start. Before we start, he said, guys, we were 5-28 and 28 last year. I'm in the hot seat. Nobody's safe. Everybody has to try out. And I'm thinking, good, coach. Man, get some of these guys out of my way. Right? That's what I'm thinking. Man, first day of practice, like conditioning training camp, I'm not really playing much. Like, I'm doing all the drills and everything in the scrimmages. It's BJ. It's a couple other guys, John Mims. And, and I'm not playing much. And I'm like, okay. A couple weeks in, I'm like, wow. I'm not playing at all. What's going on here? So, <laughs> I remember it was the last day of training camp, and BJ goes for a dive. He twists his ankle, right? And then the other point guard that was – we had three teams, and then we had a couple of other guys. I was three teams, and I was some of the subs. So we had more – like almost 20 guys. I wasn't on any of those three teams. I was getting put in here randomly for a couple minutes here and there. So I have to play. I get a – a basically a freshman team on the floor. We win four straight. I'm on fire, Dave. Hmm. I'm hitting everything. I hit a three with being fouled. We're killing it. And I remember after my third three-pointer in scrimmage time, uh, I remember Coach Cutright saying um, to John Kitchen, he, they didn't know I heard him. He said, he's fighting for No, John told Coach Cutright, he said, he's, Coach, he's fighting for his life right now. And I knew, I knew the writing was on the wall. I didn't understand it, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, he put up the list. Dave, I was the only guy cut. Mm. The only guy cut. So I go, I, it broke me, man. And I remember I went to my dorm. I cried a lot. And I, I prayed. And God was very clear. He said, Mark, are you going to do this for me? Or are you not going to do it at all? And he reminded me of the story of Moses, right? You know, where Moses tapped an extra time. And so, um, yeah, he was bringing the water up, right? You know? Right. And then because of that, he doesn't get to go to the promised land. And I was like, wow, that's heavy. And, uh, but I try to take things into my own hands, right? So I get cut. I don't want nothing to do with the program. Coach Cutright comes back to me and says, Mark, I've got a $3,000 semester scholarship if you be the team manager. Ooh. And I say, no. And then a week later, I think, man, I really need that $3,000. Because, see, the prior year, I had to sell that Saturn that got me to Pikeville mm-hmm. to pay off loans to stay in school. So I had to choose between that. I put it all on the line, man. I said, I'm going for this. And... um. I went back to him and I said, yes. So I, I was a manager. I, I was always in my gear at practice. I ended up in practice a little bit here when they needed numbers. Somebody would have some tests or whatever. And coaches, I go in there, you know, and I, I would play a little bit. Mostly I was controlling the, the, the game clocks and equipment, right? And, uh, and after a month of that, it ate me. It ate me up, man. I, I didn't want to do it. And so I started looking at other options. I contacted Alice Lloyd. I talked to, uh, gosh, it was, was it Tom Holbrook, I think, and, uh, and Jim Stepp. And Jim had told Tom to invite me out and work me out. I went out. I drove out to Alice Lloyd. I got a ride. 
I worked out for him. And he was like, absolutely, we take you. We'll take you in a heartbeat. When can you come? I was like, well, what about next semester? He's like, let's go. And that was the spring of 2009. Or no, 2000, yeah, 2009. Oh, uh, was it? No. Was it uh, spring of 99? Yeah, that's right. It was spring of 99. Spring of 99. I think. I don't know. Uh, six, seven, spring of 98, I think. No, it was 99. 99. Um, so I get out there. And I'm thinking, okay, I got a new team. We, I, we're going to play Pikeville, so I'm going to get my revenge, you know? Right. I get there. I start playing with the team. I realize very quickly I play a different style of basketball than all of them. They've already been together a semester. Dude, those guys didn't like me at all. Hmm. They didn't like me one bit. And I went from, hey, I'm going to play to, oh, Mark, you got some eligibility issues. We can't have you on the team this semester. Let's wait till next year. Okay. These guys hate me, man. They are really being territorial. They would – I don't even want to go into it, really. I, I, you know what I will? These guys bullied me. They, Somebody stole my John Stockton jersey out of my dorm room, my authentic John Stockton jersey. Um it was horrendous. I've got a scar right here of an elbow that I took going to the lane where somebody just completely clocked me. Uh, I see it every day in the mirror to this day. It's a reminder. We're going to finish this incredible conversation in just a moment. As Gifts Glory Ministries, which includes this podcast, Pure Fest, and Wellverse Comedy continues to grow, we're hoping to find friends willing to come alongside our work. Would you visit our Patreon page and consider becoming a patron? No gift too small, and your gift is going to help us make more amazing content, do great events like Pure Fest, and bring uplifting comedy to more who need that break from life with some laughter through well-versed comedy. Join us at patreon.com slash gifts for glory. That's patreon.com slash gifts, the number four glory. Thank you so much for considering supporting Gifts of Glory Ministries. We really appreciate everyone that's coming on board. Now, we've got more of our conversation up next on the Gifts of Glory podcast, celebrating and promoting men and women using their gifts, talents, and passions to honor and glorify God. So, but you know what, Dave? You know what the amazing thing is? It's also where I met Florence. I was going to bring that up, that AOC was never a waste, because that's where you met uh, who you're married to now. Yeah, I, I, you know, she, uh, and I'm talking a lot, of, I, I don't mean to just go on, I hope this is good, I'm just uh, sharing it all, but, um, so stop me at any time if you want to take any tangents, but it's all, you know, it's all very significant to me, obviously, because it's yeah. my story, but... You know, you talked about the guy, you know, carrying the Bible and leading Bible studies or whatever. But, but what you don't know is when I first got there, I was ashamed, man. I, if it wasn't for Florence, I remember I got there. I wasn't going to church. I didn't go to church at all. I remember that, that Christmas break. I called into one of those televangelist hotlines to ask for prayer because I didn't understand what was going on in my life. I thought everything was gone. And I got there, and then I meet Florence, and Florence – her sweetheart, she, she, she just, you know, and she's a lover, right? She loves everybody, and she just would invite me to church and Bible uh, or 
Baptist Student Union and all this stuff, and she, I, she just kind of made me go. I didn't even, like, you know, we're married now, and I want to, you know, I, I did not think of Florence as that at all. Um, I, I didn't, I wasn't like, oh, she's pretty. I'm going to go to church for her. It was just, she just kept nagging me. And so I started going and, and she, you know, it was that where I felt like, wow, I can, um, I, that's where I realized that, um, you can't get cleaned up to go to God. We go to God to get cleaned up. Mm-hmm. Can't be the other way. And, and she helped me see that and helped me feel motivated to actually go to church again. And, um, and this is the, and I love this story. I don't get to say this enough. We're driving to church in a, in a van with a bunch of people. We're going to uh, one of those churches. Florence is sitting in front of me. I'm behind. And Florence takes off her glasses to clean them, right? Mm-hmm. I kid you not, man. I don't know what happened, but I was looking at that, and I was like, it was then where I was like, she is amazingly gorgeous, you know? And after that, I was smitten. And so then I was chasing around campus. And we, you know, the interesting thing about us is she was from Sri Lanka. I was from Detroit. You know, Alice Lloyd, most people go home on the weekend. We didn't. So we spent every weekend together. So we were really good friends. She had never dated anybody in her life, had no intention of ever dating anybody. And through that whole process, God moved on her heart to say, well, maybe maybe marriage is for me, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and that's a whole nother story. We need to go there. But it was through that whole transformation where I found my way back to being, feeling worthy enough to be a Christian again, you know? And I'll tell you this. I'll go back to my last semester at Pikeville, which is why I was so ashamed. I remember I was at a party, and I'm going to put this in perspective, Dave. Even though I was the manager, I had such a hard time dealing with that. I was drinking every night because I I was drinking. There were nights I would drink two, two, 40 ounces of old English 800. It's liquid crack, man. <laughs> it, it, mm. I was completely gone. And I remember I was at a house party one day, and Ryan Turner was on the golf team, and he was – he was very uh, – he liked alcohol. But he was a good athlete. He played, you know. But I remember he came up to me at a party, and he had saw me completely wasted. And he's like, Mark King? No, man. Oh, my God. You are the one, man. You are the one that was doing it right, man. I can't believe you're drunk. Are you drunk? Oh, my God. And I was just like – you know, because, you know, I don't know if you've ever drunk drunk before, but, you know, you get in an, it, it, it puts you in a very happy place a little bit. Mm-hmm. I was I was ruined, Dave. I was ruined so much that I, I went back to my dorm. I walked back to my dorm, and we we're on a hill. We had this guy, Crazy Kenny, right, who was a one-legged guy, played Major League Baseball, ended up going to Vietnam, lost his leg, and went crazy. Mm-hmm. Crazy Kenny is a historical guy in, in Pikeville. Kenny comes up to me while I'm walking back, and he was annoying. He always wanted to talk, and he had, he's just kind of crazy. Hey, come here, I'm talking. And I remember he – I didn't want to talk to anybody. I tried to blow by him, and he put his, his cane or his um, crutch up. Dave, I pushed him down the mountain. Oh, man. 
Here's the craziest thing. I didn't even know that. And and we'll get into it later, my return to Pikeville. But I remember Florence was talking with a girl named Alicia. We were talking about the old Mark. And she was like, wow, you've saved him. Wow, thank you. You know, we got the old Mark back, blah, 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 blah. And, and she was telling the story to Florence about that time I pushed Crazy Kenny down the mountain. And I cried, man. Hmm. I didn't even know. But you know how you, you just suppress things, right? And I was like, oh, my goodness, I did that. And it, it, it was like, it was like, wow. Uh, but, uh, yeah, man, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm <laughs> so many things, so many things. But, you know, look, God, God never left me, man. We never, God never leaves us. We leave him. Let's be very clear about that. And, you know, to this day, I'm, I'm forever grateful that he would be so inclined to be interested in the individual selves of us. Right. right. That's how major he is. Right. It's not hard for him to care about everybody and all of our intricate details. So, you know, it didn't work out at, at, at Alice Lloyd. And, uh, you know, I knew after three semesters of having eligibility problems, I remember, I don't know if you remember this. Do you remember the Ralph Beard convocation? Oh yeah, I remember that. I was uh, I was debating whether or not I should bring up that. I don't. I didn't remember the name, but I remember the 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 question that hushed Piva passes. Yeah, I, it's funny. I, you know, I never knew. I've never asked anybody about that. I don't know what it looked like to everybody. I know it was monumental. Uh, it's the stuff of movies. Um, I don't know why I. I I think I was just I was struggling, you know. And Ralph had a similar story. And I really wanted to know. I didn't ask a question to be controversial or anything. I legitimately wanted to know how he dealt with wanting to play the game so bad and having roadblocks in front of him. And so I had asked, remember, I said, how do you deal with that? And I remember it was like all these like 500 whispering conversations all at once. And I remember looking at Jim Stepp. Right, and he's over in the far left corner, like this, you know, with his hand on his chin. Mm -hmm. And then Ralph, you know, whatever, says, "Well, I don't understand. Elaborate a little bit more." <laughs> 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 and I'm like, at that point, I'm like, "Oh, okay." So I, I shared a little bit, right? And then I see Jim step over there, kind of just half grinning, half cringing, cringing, shaking his head. And I, you know, and then I did, and then it, it just goes nuts. Um, and uh, you know what happened a week later? I had already written emails to Western Michigan because I wanted to try to transfer to play somewhere else. I thought I'd have a year left, right? Dave, somebody in that campus got onto the library computer that I wrote that letter and, and got a copy of it. Hmm. And they wrote, I, I've actually been looking for it. I wanted to show my daughter you know, because she wanted to see, you know, we're, I'm at the point now where I'm teaching my daughters a little bit of dad's history and what I went through so they can maybe not have to deal with it, but at least know how to deal with it. You know, you know, trying to have a better life for them, obviously these guys, and it was a basketball team guys. You know, I know it. They know it. I know it. They wrote a horrifying letter on top of that copy of my email. You couldn't play in a grade school team you're a joke nobody on this campus thinks that you can play basketball um 
you're lucky to be here. You thought you were cool at that conference, but everybody knew why you weren't playing. It had nothing to do with any Roblox. It's because you suck, you know. Mm -hmm. And then I remember the last line said, you know, the sooner you leave this campus is the sooner that this campus can get back to normal and not have to worry about you. Um, and then I got into it. Those guys were across the hall from me. I think a night or two later, and I won't I won't say any names, but one of them tried to you know approach me. They were banging on my door and running, and I went out, and uh, I caught one of them trying to bang it, on it. And I said, I was like, Are you that immature? Are you, you know? Do you not have anything to do? How are your grades doing? You know, I was really annoyed, right? And he stepped up to me. He's like, He goes, What if I smack your face right now? And this is a he's a big boy. He's about six six. You know, 200. I'm, I'm still, you know, I'm up 5'11", 175 now. And, I, you know, I remember I, I said, well, you better hit me hard. And you better hope I don't get up because I'm going to hit you right back. And I think he was testing me. He didn't realize that I, you know, he, you know, everybody knew me as I was the good guy. Like I was, wasn't the good guy. I was trying to be the right guy. You know, mm -hmm. I was a Christian and everybody knew it. You know, it was no question, and they really took that for weakness, and I think I shocked him because I stepped up to him, and I think he probably thought I was going to hit him first, and I did think about it because I remember my days growing up in, in, in Inkster where I had to hit first because I was the smaller guy, and I thought about it. You know, you never lose who you are. I thought about going back to that and just hitting him. I didn't. He didn't hit me. He was bluffing. He went back to his room and whatever, but – uh. I go to Dean, uh, gosh, what's her name? It wasn't Dean Campbell, uh, Dean Peters, Dean mm. Peters. Right. And I said, I go, here's the deal. I know that finals are in three weeks. I'm taking my finals now and I'm getting out of here. She was like, no, you're not. I was like, Dean, I'm. Un it's unsafe for me here. I feel threatened. I don't feel protected. I've had emails stolen from my computers that should be private. You don't want me here. I don't want to be here anymore. And I said, if you don't let me go and let me take my finals early, I'm going to sue you. And she said, all right. She said, let me talk to, you know, the admin. And she comes back. She says, here's the deal. We're going to let you take your finals early, but you need to leave quietly. I don't want anybody to know. I said, okay, fine. I talked to Florence and Florence is transferring too, right? Mm -hmm. Florence gets accepted to University of Michigan, a very good school. Now, you know Florence pretty much ruined every curve in Alice Lloyd, 120% on all her tests because she just she's just that way. So she did well. She got accepted to U of M. I was trying to transfer to Western Michigan. I tried to get my transcripts, and here's what happened, and this is partly why I was ineligible. I had to um, – I had left – a week into the Pikeville semester of the second semester because Alice Lloyd started later because I had attended a week of class. I could only get my 90% tuition for that semester refunded. I had a balance of $546 on my account. I didn't know about it. Nobody really talked. I mean, I didn't know the mail was going back to Inkster anyway. I didn't know. So I call the school up and they tell me and Pikeville says, uh, I don't know if it was Joanne Cantrell. I think it was Joanne Cantrell or maybe Della Abshire. And she goes, Mark, we can't release your transcripts. You got this balance. 
and I'm like, okay. And she goes, hey, Mark, why don't you come home? Come back to Pikeville. If you come back, I'll erase this. Come back and finish up. We miss you. Hmm. <laughs> so, so that's how I go back to Pikeville. But I go to Florence, right? And I, I tell her what's going on, and I was like, I don't know where you're going. She's going to Michigan, so I, I'm from Michigan, so I'm like, okay. And I'm expecting her to go to U of M, and she was like, well, how about I go with you, Mark? It's almost like <laughs> I'm crying, man. I'm, oh, it's kind of like Ruth, right? Mm-hmm. I'll go where you go. She goes to Pikeville with me. And uh, so I go to Team Peters, right? And it, it, no, actually, no, Florence does. And she's like, hey, Mark's my ride out of here. And I'm transferring, so I'm going to take my finals early, too. And they were livid. Mm-hmm. They were livid. But, you know, at the end of the day, they, they knew that something would come of it. And uh, so we took our finals early, about two and a half, three weeks early. Dave, I blew my horn all the way out of that place. I, I, I did not leave quietly. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and yeah, that's how I ended up back at Pikeville, though. So so you get to, to Pikeville. Uh, you're there it, kind of a, a new man because now you've got Flo with you. And Florence is, uh, you know, in many ways, you're almost like your, your physical spirit in, or your Holy Spirit in body walking beside you now yeah and uh so you get to pikeville uh and uh there do you get to uh you get to actually play uh at least a year right i don't actually oh okay i don't so but this is this is so here's what happens the semester after i transferred to alice lloyd right coach cutright was fired so randy mccoy took over so and some of the guys that were at the end of the bench with me, I remember, like my good buddy Jason Sanson, even Jason didn't really play as much under Cutright. Well, Jason got to play as a senior under Randy. So um, so I transfer back, and I'm thinking, man, I'm going to play one last season. Because of the eligibility problems, Dave, I only had one semester left, man. Mm. You know, once you start playing sports, the clock starts ticking on your eligibility. You don't get to – it's not how many semesters you play. Once you start, you got five years to complete that four years of basketball. So I, I, I go, I transfer, I talk to the coaching staff. John Kitchen stays on staff, right? He was my JV coach. And big shout-out to John, by the way. He was always a fan of mine. He even played me in front of his brother, brother sometimes, you know, on the JV team. Top. Mm-hmm. But uh, so – you know, I talked to Jeremy Miles, another good guy who was, you know, one of the recruiters and assistant, and, and we looked at it and we said, Mark, you only have the fall semester of eligibility. You can't play tournament time, so it doesn't make any sense. But they were like, you know, what if um, – so I said, can I be around the team? I want to be around – you know, I, I just need to restart this, right? Now, all the while, I want you to know, like we've talked a lot about the outside of basketball stuff. Understand the entire time, Dave. I'm praying prayers like, God, if you don't want me to play basketball, will you break my kneecap? Will you make it impossible for me to play? Take my passion from me. I don't want to do this if it's not what you want. But I still, I'm infatuated with the game of basketball, right? So I'm still playing. So I am able to squeeze in as the team manager again, the position I didn't want to do earlier that I had to leave. 
But here's why. So I could get the keys to the gym. <laughs> so I become the manager. I get a scholarship. We got a great program. I, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fully immersed as a manager. I understand my role. I'm the video guy. I video most of the games, right? And, um, and I get the keys. So guys would practice. I, st I go to practice in my gear still. I still played some in practice. Um, after the guys would leave, um, I would start my workouts, right? Um, and I would work out. And I remember it was funny because it was a new, new crew of guys, right? And they're like, what are you doing, dude? Why are you – like you're going hard here. What are you trying to – you're not playing. What are you doing? Do you love – you're crazy, right? And I, I remember telling them, I said, well, I was like, look. I'm, I'm still trying. I'm young. I can play. Maybe I'll go to the CBA, which was the minor league system at the time, right? It was the NBA D-League, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm working out. These guys are laughing, you know, and they think it's the, the funniest thing ever. You know, we'll, we'll get into something crazy about that. We'll go back to that story because it's very significant. But uh, lo and behold, Dave, 2000-2001 season. You know what we do? We go to the NAIA Final Four. So, you know who got an NAI Final Four ring, a, a Mid-South Conference Championship ring? This guy. This guy. Now, I would have loved to play, but I still got a ring. And you know what happened, though? And, you know, again, God is perfect. I remember sitting with John Kitchen, Coach Kitchen. We got to Tulsa, Oklahoma. We're in the Final Four. I'm watching the guys warm up, and him and I are sitting side by side on the sideline. And he goes to me. He says, you know, Mark. If you would have just stayed put, you'd probably be playing right now. And I was like, wow. You know, why'd you say that? And he was like, ah, he was like, no, nah, you know, I don't, you know, it's just, look, you, you're always a good player. I always believed in you. Right. You know, but, uh, you know, I was a video guy, manager, go to, you know, we, we lose to, uh, I think, Oklahoma Science or something like that. But we, we go to the Final Four, first time in the school's history. And um, and then almost did the same thing the next year. But good program. Coach McCoy really had a great group of guys. We had Cedric Taylor. We had Adam Reed. We had, uh, you know, uh, gosh, Jeremy Hall, who played in Wisconsin for a bit, played his last year with us. Lights out shooter. Um, Ricky, Ricky, uh, Will, uh, not Ricky Williams. Gosh, what is Ricky? Oh, I'm so ashamed. Ricky, uh, what is Ricky's last name? It doesn't matter. Good, good group of guys. We stay at Chris Hill. A lot, I still stay in touch with Chris Hill all the time. He's a big flight fan, uh, Florida flight fan. But, uh, yeah, and then, you know, we finish up and um, end up going back to Michigan, coincidentally, which is – I don't know. There's a lot of stuff here, brother. I hope this right. is good. I hope we're captivating the audience here. Um, it, it, it definitely is good stuff. It's um, – you know, he told you had you stayed, you'd be playing. But had you stayed – it literally would have had to been some God-ordained <laughs> miracle for you to meet your wife because had you stayed, you would not have been on a path that would have crossed with, with Florence. So well, it's yeah. two bigger things than that, Dave. You're right. right. And I talk, we talk to Florence, Florence and I talk all the time. You know why, how Florence, by the way, from Sri Lanka, you know how she ended up with Alice Lloyd, by the way, it starts with an A on colleges. <laughs> Seriously. It was a Christian school, right? They wanted her to go from Sri Lanka. To, it started with an A, and she got a chance to do the work study thing, and 
and come for a very affordable price to go to school, right? But it, but it's actually and and you know we talked maybe she would have ended up at Pikeville if I didn't leave. God would have worked it out. There was no way I wouldn't meet my wife, right? Right. Um, by the way, just on that note, big time, you know, testimony here. Florence and I, you know, when our first kiss was at the wedding altar. Day? Okay. On our wedding day, you know, um, and, and you know, I'll be a little transparent here. I. You know, I regrettably did not save myself for marriage, but uh, but I remember praying and I said, God, if you want me to ever be, you know, honor that, I need a stronger woman. Hmm. Well, here comes Florence. <laughs> <laughs> no boyfriend, never kissed, never had a boyfriend, nothing. And, um, you know, we waited till the altar on our wedding day to kiss on the lips, man, wow. let alone anything else. Who does that these days, right? Huge Nobody. Testament. Yeah. That's... But, um... That's awesome. But but deeper than that, Dave, here's the thing, and this is this is what God does. God creates stories so he can show off, so you can look at it and say, yeah, this was God. There's no other explanation for this. It's God, and I, I think that's part of it. I understand it now. I, I mean, and, and you, you know, we'll get into a little bit of what I'm doing now, and I know we're going along, but I understand it now. You know, I, I was able to have thick skin growing up as a little kid in, in Detroit suburb to, to learn how to deal with tough stuff. And have that fixed in to get through all this, and uh, and now you can't you can't listen to my story without understanding that God did all of it. So right. if I don't endure all that stuff, it's not as exciting, it's not as riveting, it's not as captivating, and it and it's it it makes it blatantly and abundantly clear that yeah, I was the guy, right? Look, how do I stay motivated in all that? It's the Holy Spirit. It's, right. it's point blank period. There's no explanation no scientists no anybody can look at it anybody even with a first person view they know it's god and that's the good thing about it 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 sucked some days for sure but it doesn't suck now it's kind of cool now you know but it makes uh, the uh, victories that you're having now all that much more sweet because you've tasted the bitter yeah well, you know, that's the dichotomy of it all, right? The, the yin and the yang. Can you know love without, you know, sorrow? Can you know peace without conflict? Can you know joy without pain? Um, and, you know, that's the deep theological stuff, right? And I, right. You know, um, yeah, that's, that's real. Um, I don't know, but, I, I mean, I have tasted the bitterness of sorrow, Dave. And I'll tell you right now, I'm basking in the blessings right now. I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm more worried about me maintaining my humility um, you know, I, I moved up to varsity as a freshman and lost my lost my stuff. You know, right. I got distracted. It's very easy to be distracted. I, I pray that all the time. I don't want to be distracted. I want to be the testimony. I don't want to have Ryan Turner coming up to me, you know, a new version of Ryan Turner thinking that I had it and I was witnessing and I blew it. I don't want to do that. Right. And that's, that's real. But, so um, you left uh, uh, Pikeville, and uh, then you ended up playing for the Miners, which is uh, semi-pro, right? L yeah, listen. So this is amazing, God. I, I, this is a great, great, great. Uh, this is where you're like, my goodness, Jesus is real. God is in control. Florence and I graduate from Pikeville 2002. I get to go to um, – she gets a full ride to go to law school. That's a whole other subject. But she gets a full ride to go to Ave Maria School of Law in Ann Arbor, Michigan. So we're thinking, wow, we get to go back home to Michigan. Cool. I go back home. I'm working. 
I can't get a job but at um, Arby's, man. I'd worked at Arby's all my, you know, high school career, whatever, and I'm an I'm an assistant man as best I can do. I by the way, my degree was religion. I, I if they had a basketball major, I'd have been that. They didn't have it, <laughs> right. but I said, well, I might as well study religion because I feel like God is the one kind of pulling the strings. So I do Arby's. I still love the game. I try out for the CBA team, the Great Lake Storm. I don't make it. I know I don't make it. The coach, Clay Mooser, was he's, he was actually – he just lost his job with the Lakers shakeup, right? This guy was a Lakers coach for the last few years, right? Very good guy. He calls everybody that tries out that year in 2002, and he says, I'm going to tell you guys that need to go get a job to go get a job, you know, and stop chasing this. So I have my call after that tryout in 2002, and he says um, – he says um, – he's like, Mark, i got to be honest with you um, – and uh, I, I don't want to be a dream buster for you. So I'm thinking I'm getting the call. And I'm at that point, Dave, ready. Like, we have Jimmy King on the team, one of the guys from the Fab Five. I'm like, I'm just happy to see you, Jimmy King. You're right. one of the guys that transcended college basketball. That Fab Five changed the whole culture of basketball, right? So I'm thinking I'm he's going to tell me to get a job. And, you know, I tried. I did my best, and boom. So – I remember talking to Florence. She said, hey, you did it. You tried. I said, honey, I did. I laid it all online. At least I can have some closure. I get the call, right? He says, I'm going to be honest with you, Mark. You did things that are pretty amazing. You don't look like you can play basketball whatsoever. And here's the thing about pro basketball. It's entertainment. You're fun to watch, bud. You're like a little mini Pistol Pete out there. You know, yeah, he was like, you know, I, I, I wouldn't want to bust your dreams up. I, I've never seen anything like it, to be honest with you. But he's like, I am going to be very blunt. You're not strong enough to play this game. If you're going to try to do this, you need to get a trainer tomorrow. You need to get your strength up. You need to have somebody that knows what they're doing to transform your body into being a pro athlete because you're not a pro athlete. But he was like, but your passion, bud, you've got it, man. You've got something special. So, but. He was like, that's up to you. I can't bust you up, man. I won't bust your dream. And so I go home. I drive home, and I'm thinking I'm still, okay, I'm going to quit. And then the next day comes, and I'm like, well, that was odd. Why, God, why wouldn't you just tell him to tell me to go get a job? And he didn't. Now, fast forward a couple years, three years of law school, right? I get so preoccupied with taking care of my wife that I have to uh, – you know, we have to pay the bills. I really stopped playing basketball. I, I don't have time for it. I'm a good manager. I uh, I try hard to, um, to to make Arby's money, right? Mm -hmm. I'm managing my people. So good that they transfer me to this hideous store in the mall to transform it. And Florence, after three years, I'm thinking of going to Chicago, bud, right? Mm -hmm. Moody Bible Institute. I want to finish. I want to do youth ministry. By the way, by the way, I applied for 20-some youth ministry positions in Michigan while I was there. Got none of them. Wow. So I'm a manager, right, at Arby's. I, Florence, is, she's from Sri Lanka, right? The skin, her skin can't handle the cold. So we start looking at options. So I'm looking online. I'm like, let's go warm. Let's go to Jacksonville. Let's go to Orlando. Let's get out of this. Let's get into warm weather. And we had some friends that were moving on to Orlando. They chose Orlando and said, so we're like, okay, we'll do that. 
So I informed Arby's, hey, in about four months, I'm going to, um, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave. I give him a four months notice, man. Right. Right. And uh, and I'm gonna use my vacation because it'll be about my third year. I'm gonna use my vacation and move us down to Orlando on in that. Right. So, so I, I'm at the small store. I'm making people work that don't want to work. They hate me because I'm I'm being accountable. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. So. At about a month there, Dave, I go home. I'm tired. I'm restless, right? I can't sleep. I am. Um, I decide to um, get up. I bought brand new glasses the, the day before, right? I go to throw water on my face. I go take my glasses off, right? Dave, the lens pops out. True story. And I was like, what? And as, as clear as I've ever heard God speak to me, he said, Mark, you're losing your vision. And I was like, okay, that was weird. So I said, okay, well, let me open up my devotional. I haven't opened it up in, you know, a while. I'm, I'm, I'm in the grind of everyday life, right, the Christian thing. We want to be Christian. We want to be at every Bible study. We want to be at every church service. But reality is we got life, you know, and, and that's where we're at. So I opened up the devotion to that day. The verse, without vision, People cast the people cast off restraint, and I start reading the devotion, and, and, and in the devotion, it's like, you know full well, um, you know you got to have vision. You got to make God's vision a vision that you can't escape from. Mm-hmm. You got to you know stay true. So I'm like, okay, that was weird, right? Okay, so I go I go to work the next day, Dave. I I, I get there. I, I'm in an afternoon shift. It's two o'clock. I get in there. My district manager. Oh yeah. Oh shoot. So. The day prior at work, the manager that I, I, that doesn't like me, four people call off my shift. She doesn't replace them. So I have two other people and me working a mall store. Lines out the door, and I'm like, hey, if you guys are looking for fast food, this isn't the place today. But if you love Arby's and you want some good food, I'm going to make sure you get good food, right? One of the customers is just being annoying. I pull curly fries up, right? I set them there to hang so they can drip. I fill a couple other orders. I finally get to his order. I dump the fries in the thing. I fill it up. He has a market fresh combo. It's $5.99, right? I bring him his food. He's like, seriously? You're just going to give me those cold fries? I was like, these fries aren't cold. They just got... He said, no, they've been sitting there. These are cold. I can't believe... This is ridiculous. Causing the scene, right? So I go to the register. I said, you know what? I refund his money. I give him $6. I said, sir, here's $6. There's a penny for your thoughts. Please leave my restaurant. The entire crowd is clapping their hands, right? They're like, because ah, <laughs> he's being unreasonable, right? Right. Right? So anyway, so the next that's part of why I was rested. I get to work the next day. My district manager's there. That assistant manager I was kind of make work was there. Sit me down say, Mark, uh, what happened yesterday? I'm like, oh, you know, I was like, yeah, what happened? I don't know. I had four people call off. Why didn't she replace them? Well, I couldn't find anybody. I tried. I tried my hardest, blah, blah, blah. I was like, well, we got a customer complaint. And I was like, okay. Um, and I immediately started thinking, I'll bet it's that guy. And I probably shouldn't have said $6, here's a penny for your thoughts, blah, 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 right? So, um, so we get to it, and she says, hey, um, he says you were cursing him out. And, and I was like, uh, and I was like, that's absurd. There's no way. I, there's no way. 
And so that manager said, well, he's actually a friend of mine, too. So he, he verified it, and I will, too. Hmm. Yeah. Dave, I got fired. A little flexibility can go a long way. By refinancing your newer used auto loan with PenFed, you can lower your monthly payments for more flexibility in your budget. You can even schedule your first payment for up to 60 days from the date of your refinance. Calculate how much you could save at PenFed.org slash autorefi or call 1-800-247-5626 to apply. Membership is open to everyone. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.